All right, if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 4 is where we are today. And we were actually right before Palm Sunday. We did Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 through 17, part 1. And now we're in part 2. And I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, for those who are, this is the first time actually going through a book of the Bible with us. What we do, we did this in Revelation because Revelation, uh, we preached Revelation a couple books ago. It's kind of a strange book. It's kind of like a lot going on there. And we wanted to make sure that we were tethered on Jesus. We wanted to make sure that we didn't lose our way. We wanted to make sure that we didn't solve out when Jesus was coming to the exact date. And so what we did is we kind of had like this idea for a centering prayer that we all pray together before the sermon starts that as we get into it, and we did this for, uh, well, we did this uh, because when we learned in the Psalms, we learned that, um, you know, is when we talk about good works, one of the best works we can do is be about prayer, right? Is cry out to God. That is one thing that we can do. And so that prayer carries on where we can do this together. And we did this through Ecclesiastes and we're doing this through Matthew as well. And so if you guys would pray this prayer with me and then I will read the text and then we'll get into the sermon. So pray our Matthew prayer and it's on your song sheet if you don't have it. Our Father... Allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen, consider, and implement what we see into the way we live. Let us see your kingdom anew, and let our desires be to seek you and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. Matthew Chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. And when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So so what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So at this point in the book of Matthew, normally what happens is I do a lot of study in the book of the Bible before I get into the sermon uh, series, and then I really don't look ahead. I just kind of take it as it comes, take it bit by bit. But in this one, I, in Matthew, I've been looking ahead the entire time. And one of the main reasons for that is because the Sermon on the Mount is so pivotal. And we'll, we'll get to that in a few weeks here. It's so pivotal. Well, and I've been thinking like, okay, how are we going to preach it? Are we going to take eight years to go through it? Are we going to do it in like two weeks? How are we going to do this? And so I've really been thinking about and praying it on this, reading the Beatitudes over and over, actually having my kids read the Beatitudes as well. And um, one of the things I love in it is right after the, the Beatitudes, it's followed up with a commandment that says that we should be salt and light and a city set on a hill. So one of the jobs for us as followers of Jesus is to be these things. And so when I was getting to this section here and we were reading through this, I was doing also doing uh, the week before Palm Sunday, I was also doing study on how are we getting going to do the, the Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I was thinking about light a lot and thinking about these verses. And I thought as I read this, I was like, the first, the part one, I focused on repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
and I totally went and didn't hit the light, which is fine. Sometimes that happens when you're preaching scripture, you don't get it all and it, it's okay. So as, but as people who want to follow Jesus, which is, I, I want to, and I want you guys to as well. And to be his disciple, Matthew shows us a lot and tells us about Jesus' character and his actions. We have Jesus' words and we have Jesus' deeds so that we might better follow Jesus. And our, our, we're not making up our own way as we follow him. And then he just tags along. Jesus is showing us what it looks like so that we can turn out like him. That is our end goal. So this week before Palm Sunday, I was meditating on these verses that they have in the, those in darkness have seen a great light. And since I was thinking about the verses beforehand that we get to be a great light as well, I wanted to spend a little bit of time getting into this because a light um, that is in darkness cannot be hidden. Amen? And it is not supposed to be either. A light, um, the light as a metaphor Light pushes back evil, it pushes back despair, and it, but it also replaces those things. It replaces hopelessness with hope. And since we know that Jesus is the light of the world and that this is something that we're uh, supposed to be, and actually, as you look through scriptures, it's one of those things that we get to be. It's a great commandment since Jesus is the light. So in order to know the light better, we're just going to spend some time looking at it and looking at what it's like, what light is like. And so I did a deep dive on the word light because light is a very important thing in scripture. The words of Genesis start out with the words of God, let there be light. And then what happens? There was light. He spoke it and it came about. And as I, as we pray through the Psalms and prayed through the Psalms, the Psalms are of prayers for light. Send your light out and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. That's Psalm 43.3. Or more famously, your word is a light unto my feet and a light unto my path from Psalm 109. Or my favorite types of these prayers is from Psalm uh, 89.15. It says, blessed are the people who know the festal shout, who know how to sing hallelujah. Blessed are those who know the festival shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face. This means that we are supposed to be praying for light in our life. Light to lead us, the light of God, the light of God to illuminate the path that we have, that God would have us walk as we follow Jesus. Light is used as a good thing in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And when the light comes, it pushes back darkness. It also shows us that God is light. That light emanates from him. The, that illumination is needed for life to stem from him. Jesus is the light of the world, but he's been shining since that first word, let there be light. And in the New Testament, light is shown to us in a powerful way as well. John starts out his gospel. John talks about light all the time. You look at John and 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. He talks about light all the time. And he uses it in such a powerful way that I think it's right and fitting to read um, these verses from John 1, 1 through 9. And it shows us who the Word is and the light that is leading us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him, not anything made that was made. In him was life, 
and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man, and then he goes on to talk about John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. John was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. I think this is a beautiful summation of what light does, what Jesus does as this light. These things that we have seen in Matthew thus far, uh, and John put so clearly, have allowed us to see that this light is coming. And when it comes, it illuminates. I, I also, you know, I have a lot of pastor friends, and I have a friend who is preaching through 1 John right now. And he, the one thing he and I were talking about this and talking about um, how, how would you preach the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, um, he said, well, I don't even know I'm in 1 John right now, but he was talking about how in 1 John, um, that's a book that I've always loved because it talks about love and how great love is. But one thing that he pointed out was love is great, but also is the light is great as well. So even as we see this all throughout Scripture, light is so important to the book of John. And he thought he would um, only be talking about love the entire sermon series, but even 1 John 1.7 says this, but if we walk in the light... We know who the light is, but if we walk in Jesus, because he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. Amen. Don't we want that? I have a ton of sin. I know that. I want, I would love to continue to be cleansed from it. So I pray that we may walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, because it's important that we walk in the light, because we are to be light as we walk this out. But One of the cool things about light, light gives the possibility of grasping what is really going on in our lives and in the world around us. Seeing the light is the life that Jesus wants for us, right? When we don't know which way to go, what do we say? Oh, I don't know. It feels a little bit dark right now. I feel like I'm in a fog. I feel like we use all these things that have that dull in the light and light in the physical realm um, does what it does here in the spiritual realm as well. Um, We can use the same metaphors that apply to light, just like this light here, and apply them to our spiritual light as well. So when we're in a dark room, light is hope, right? When, uh, When we, it means that we can see, right? If we're in darkness and we're stumbling around our room and somebody left a laundry basket somewhere that shouldn't have been or whatever, right? The light would mean deliverance from a stubbed toe, wouldn't it? But it also light means deliverance for our souls as well. Light means both knowledge from an intellectual sense and a sense of self-understanding. When we have different aspects of our life illuminated by Jesus, then we're like, oh, okay, I can see why that's there. I can see how I can grow. Light makes things publicly known as well because light pushes back the darkness and light illuminates the spirit and the soul as well as our eyes the unknown that is in this world and the unseen needs illumination in light uh, is uh, the light is the way in which righteous people people that want to live for god light is the way in which they walk and so we strive to walk in the light Because when we are in the light, we know that we're broken. 
right? We know if God was to come in and illuminate, we know that we have flaws, that we don't need to have secrets. We can live in integrity in which we walk, but we can admit that we have some things that we don't really want everybody to see our light on, but Jesus knows, and we can admit that we don't have it all together, and we can admit that we're broken. It is the light of Jesus that shows this this to us. But when we are illuminated by his perfection, we see that we are not as whole as we want to be, and that gives us the motivation to live in the light, because being broken and him knowing that we're broken allows Jesus to continually to minister to us. To know that we are not whole or as holy as we want to be is a very important thing that this light Jesus brings into our lives. I think it's important to remember that we are not whole without Jesus. Amen? Without his illumination in our lives. And we won't be fully whole until we see Jesus face to face. And I pray that that day may come soon. Here's the thing. If we think we are whole and perfect now, We are in essence saying that we don't need the light to push any more darkness back. We already lit the lamp and we're just going to keep it going there. And we can even maintain it and have the light. But the truth is, is that there are times when that is a very self-righteous stance. It's arrogant to say that you don't need to push back any more darkness in your life. That you're fully whole and you don't need Jesus because you've seen the light before and you followed it for a little bit, but you don't. I want to go, uh, as Aslan would say in Chronicles of Narnia, further up and further into the light. This light that Jesus gives us illuminates the path that we need to keep walking with Jesus step by step. Step by step. Because you know what loves darkness? Evil and sin. Idolatry and foolishness grow in darkness. It's a well-hidden resource in this darkness, but whereas light illuminates and doesn't need to hide, and I pray that we may allow the light of Jesus to shine in each and every one of us, that we don't need to let the darkness win, that God will give us the his grace to be wise enough to allow the light of Jesus in our lives, day in and day out. In this light of Jesus, he sees all the dark things that others can't see, all the imperfections and sin. And you know what he says because of his great love for us and because he wants us to know his love, he can see that we're broken, but he also says you're beautiful and I love you. And yes, I see that. And yes, we'll deal with that. Yes, we'll make that whole and we're going to walk through this together. But he also says, you're beautiful and I choose you and I love you and I want you in my life. It is good to walk knowing this, that we're broken, but he still says that we're beautiful. It allows us to walk with what I like to call like a confident limp. It means that we know that we are loved by Jesus, even though he sees all our flaws. There's humility that is built into this walk with Jesus that keeps us walking with him on all, each step that we need to take. But we don't have to be secretive when there's light. Amen? We don't have to be secretive. Where the true light of Jesus is, there is grace and there is beauty. There is healing and restoration and regenerative work and power that is working in our lives. There are no, in the light of Jesus, there are no goody two-shoes. Amen? I always thought that there are not elite spiritual fighters in this world of light without the exception of Jesus. Jesus is that elite. We've all been in churches uh, where there are 
the holy people. Like these are the ones that are set aside. And then there's the rest of us. Live up to that guy. I mean, one of the earliest memories I have in church is sitting there going like, well, so-and-so is the head of the church and I'm just a you know, body parts or whatever that, you know, should be covered up or something like that. And I remember going, oh, okay, so I need to be like that person. But when we come to Jesus, if we are walking in the light and we know that we are all broken, then we stand in need of grace. Amen. If we are, we are all foolish in our own ways, some more than others, but you know what? That doesn't matter in the grace of God that is given to us in the light of Jesus. This is what I mean by walking with a limp. We know that we are not perfect and that we are in desperate, desperate need of grace every single day. And so we live in grace. And instead of judgment over somebody else's sins, we walk in the grace that God has provided for us in that day. And walking in the light of Jesus allows us to be rejoiceful when the darkness is pushed out. This illumination from the light of Jesus allows him to get to work in our life, to clean up the mess and allow us to see work that he has for us. The illumination of Jesus, uh, uh, the light of Jesus, isn't just to reveal all our sin and just say, well, gotcha, gotcha. It's not like that. It's also an attribute that he gives to us followers so that when we may walk in this world, we can be salt and light and city on a hill, but we can be this light that Jesus has for us. In my word study on this word light, one of my favorite things about, about the word light is that God isn't just like a candle in the darkness. That's sometimes what we think of it, right? Just like one candle or one lamp that we kind of carry and we're trying to find the way, do this. No, the, the, it, like it's barely holding back the darkness. But the light that is used most in scripture, it's more like a bonfire that's set on a hill. I found this to be really interesting and very encouraging because a bonfire is huge and it's supposed to be on a hill where it's visible and it it does more than simply just push back the darkness. Think about a good bonfire. You know what a good bonfire does? It gets rid of all the garbage. Toss it in, right? Heat it up. The stuff that you don't need anymore, it needs fuel to stay lit and so it might as well take our unused, unwanted stuff, all our sin to get rid of it. Amen? Get rid of it. Put it on the bonfire. A good bonfire also gives off warmth and allows one to push back the cold. It can also be used as a warning. Think of Lord of the Rings when they light all the fires, right? It can be used as a warning. A bonfire can protect and serve us in more ways than one. And a good bonfire can also attract people as well. And uh, like any bonfire I've been to, it's not always attracting the people that I want to hang out with necessarily, but that's a good metaphor for the spiritual life as, as well because do we always get along with all our Christian brothers and sisters? No, but we all benefit from the same light and warmth and we're all striving to follow Jesus. The light of Jesus is like this big bonfire. He gets rid of our garbage He gets rid of our garbage and leaves us pure. He gives off warmth. He protects us and pushes back the darkness. But it also allows people to be attracted to us as we get to share the benefits of light with others. Wherever we walk, we are the light of Christ in that place. The best thing about light is that God dwells in the light. God dwells in the light. If we are in the light, 
then we are known by him and let us remain in the light. There is a great light that has been shown into our darkness and I pray that we may see this great light and allow it to light up our path each and every step. And I think about it this way, is the light dawns in this book of Matthew. As this first saying of the word light comes in, I pray that we may let it dawn in our lives as well. I pray that we may let the light of Christ come over us like the sun comes over the day. In our family, we have a prayer that says, O Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. And this, in this prayer, uh, it might be that we would let the light of Jesus come into our lives in this new day and that we would live for him in this new day, that his mercies would be new to us today and that we might live in him and that the light of Jesus will illuminate each and every day that we are on earth. And so I pray that we may, as a congregation, as individuals, that we may rise up to meet the Lord as the day rises to meet the sun. I pray that we might dwell in the light of God each and every day and that his face may shine upon us and make known the paths. Where is it for you personally that you need the light of Jesus to come into your life? It's going to be different for each and every one of us. That's the beauty of having multiple people here, I guess. Where is it that you need the light of Jesus to come into your life? Where is it that you need to let the light of Jesus in to push back some of the darkness that's trying to choke out your life from him? Where is it that you feel the darkness of hopelessness? And where is it that you need the light of Jesus to come in and just simply be that hope for you? I pray that Jesus, um, as we seek these out, as we seek answers for these, these questions for ourselves, that he may illuminate the path for each and every one of us. That may his presence be known in each of our lives, even today. Even today. But before we leave this section in Matthew, before we leave this Matthew 4, 12 through 17, there's a transitional statement that has been made here. The transitional statement is this, from that time on, from that time on, we've seen the birth of Jesus. We've seen the baptism of Jesus. We've seen the trial or temptations of Jesus, however you want to look at it. We've seen that he has come out of that, that he is getting ready. And now from that time on, we're about to get a picture of this light coming into this world. We know that the stage is set. We know that Jesus is the light that shines in this darkness. He is the main character of this drama that's about to play out. But we also, but from now on, we will see him at work. We will see how the light works. We will be a witness to him pushing back the darkness in various ways. And he starts by saying this, telling us to repent. 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 That thing of repentance, that sentence of repentance never goes away. Repent. When? As long until we see him face to face, we get to repent. We've covered repentance in, some, in, in length in our prior sermons. But I'll say this. It means to turn away from something. But not only that, also devote yourself fully to Jesus. So as we repent, it's not simply turning away from our sin. It's us devoting our lives to Jesus over and over and over again. I pray that even today, 
we may devote ourselves to Jesus, that we may walk in the light, that we may follow the light, that we may be in the light and be the light that he has for us, that we will allow his light to come into our lives, to clean some stuff up, to tell us how much he loves us and how beautiful he thinks we are, that they will illuminate a path for us and we may follow and that we may live with more clarity and more love because of the light of Jesus in our lives. Amen. And I pray that we may repent and believe the gospel of Jesus. I pray that we may repent and believe that Jesus truly is the way, the truth, and the life, and the light for us. So Jesus, we come before you and we ask that you will illuminate our path. Jesus, we come and we just simply ask, Lord, as we strive to follow you, that you will make it clear where you need to push back some more darkness. Lord, that you will make it clear how much you love us. Lord, that you will make it clear that we can just walk in the light as you are in the light. Lord, we pray that you will just be that bonfire for us. We pray that you will just be big and all-consuming. And Lord, that you will come and that you will be for us, Lord. Lord, that you will be a consuming flame and a raging storm. In Jesus' name, amen.